I'm Kim Krall. I am reporting to you, not live, from not my closet. I'm not in my closet today, guys. Um, tonight, actually. Uh, this is hopefully the only time I will not be not in my closet. I hope the sound is fine. I'm in my living room. And I don't know how this is going to go. Let's see. Um, I've had a really tough week in terms of breathing. So that's fun. So just the effort of getting everything in the closet set up and then getting comfortable in the closet and then how hot it is in there, uh, I just didn't think was going to be really good for my my breath, you know? It's wild. I actually I actually feel kind... I feel okay. This is so... I mean, no one... I think unless you've had this thing and you've recovered from it, you and I hope I'm right. I hope this just means I'm almost done, right? Um, you probably will not understand what I'm talking about, but maybe you will. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it because people, I, oh man, it's, it's, um, I can't wait till this isn't the only thing I talk about. I do have something wild to me just happened to me just now. Let's talk about that. This, so I just felt like I needed to ease you in before I told you this wild poop scoop thing that just happened to me. And I, and I know I can't be the only one that this has happened to because like this happened. I mean, this doesn't happen a lot, but it happens for sure. You know, when you, okay, so here's your poop scoop. We're just going to come right out to it. What it's, you know, it's, uh, this is the last episode of the year, the last episode of the year. Um, this is, and, and we're just going to come out swinging with a poop scoop. This is so gross. I can't believe I'm going to tell you this. And I feel like, I don't know. I can't, this, I can't be the only one this happened to. It can't be. And it's not even that big of a deal. I just had this wild poop, right? Like, so my poop is off, right? My poop has been off my whole life. Like I'm sure you've gathered a bunch from just listening to this podcast that like, I don't have a, a normal, I was going to say a normal sphincter. I have control over my sphincter, not like Donald Trump. Remember that when we learned that like a month ago, man, I'm so jealous of people who don't know that yet. And then we'll Google diaper Don, Google diaper Don. If you don't know what I'm talking about and you're welcome, Merry late Christmas. Like I'm so jealous. It's like, it's like being jealous of the people. Like, you know, when people are like, oh man, I wish I could see Star Wars again for the first time. I don't. I think if you see Star Wars now as an adult, you probably wouldn't like it that much. That's how I feel about the Goonies. I don't know if I, I, I told my cousin that the other night. I'm all over the map. It's weird being not in my closet. And I might have to, I might need to breathe. Fuck. Uh, the, okay. So, uh, I don't know if I told you, I, I, I had this boyfriend when I was like 25 who, uh, told me it was a deal breaker that I had never seen his favorite movie, the Goonies. Now we already established. I had a weird childhood at best, right? I had a super fucked up childhood, but then also it was bizarre too. Like, so I didn't see a lot of these movies that you all are, um, you know, grew up with. And so he was like, it's a deal breaker. You haven't seen the Goonies. And so then we watched the Goonies and I was like, it's a deal breaker. That's your favorite movie. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I said it. I probably shouldn't open up an episode with belittling one of the most beloved movies of our time. And then also in the next breath, tell you about the wild poop thing that just happened to me. 
I don't remember why I got into the Goonies. Oh, yeah, because Diaper Dawn. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I feel like Star Wars, if you see it now, like the original three, I don't know. I, I, I feel, I mean, I love Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. I like it's if I got to pick five movies, like if I was like on a, des- a deserted island for, you know, you know, ever. I don't know. You know how they're like, if you could only pick five movies, which movies would you pick? I would pick episode four. Uh, uh, fuck. A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. You have to forgive me. I don't think I'm getting a lot of oxygen to my brain. I actually have an oximeter that is letting me know that it's not, it's like fine, don't go to the hospital yet. But if it dips below, go to the hospital. I'm not going to the hospital again. That place is a fucking nightmare. And I did a teledoc thing today where my insurance offers a doctor just by having a conference call. And wish I would have done that last week. It was 12 minutes. He helped me more than anybody has helped me. Whatever. We'll get to it. So you have to bear with me. Um, my breathing's not great. My head is pounding. And uh, so I'm all over the map. What am I saying? Oh, yeah. So I'd pick I'd pick uh, Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, Grease 2, and Fight Club. Those would be my five movies. So I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Well, like, right? Like I was, grew up, I was raised on Star Wars. But uh, I feel like if I had never saw it and I saw it now, it'd be like, all right. You know what I mean? So I just feel like, so I don't feel that way when people are like, man, I'm jealous that you are seeing this movie for the first time. I feel that way about a lot of stuff like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Fight Club, um, The Equalizer. Man, The Equalizer is a close sixth if I had to pick one. I thought something was in here. Um, so uh, I'm jealous if you don't know what Diaper Dawn is and you're about to go down. You're about to embark on a really special journey where you find out the president of the United States no longer has control of his sphincter because of years and years of drug use. <laughs> it was the best thing. It made me so happy. So it's not like you, so what, or don't worry, you always know that I'll come back around. Like I, I have a, my, I have a beautiful mind where I can see all the shit I brought up. So it's not that like, I just, I, I mean, the doctors call it irritable bowel syndrome, right? By the way, irritable bowel syndrome wasn't really recognized by the medical community until the last like decade or so, right? Like it was something that like people knew about and like people would Google and you go to like whatever and the doctors would be like, yeah, you have a problem pooping. Irritable bowel syndrome is an actually a medical condition. I had a doctor tell me this 15 years ago when I was like, yo, I have the wildest time pooping. I'm going to have to take some water. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I have to hydrate myself. I, I literally have... I'm recovering from the virus. I don't know if I have it anymore. I haven't tested yet, but I'm, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm told you'll be he'll test positive for like three or four months if you're testing positive, like a month afterwards. So I'm just like, why waste time when all when the city is going to be shut down for another month anyway? So whatever. <sighs> I can't breathe, guys. It's really it's it's harder at night. It's harder at night. And then I just take a bunch of drugs and then, you know, pray I wake up in the morning. That sounds really suicidal. I don't mean that. I just mean like I can't breathe. I take um, uh, night-night pills, like the right amount of night-night pills, not anything scary. But uh, and then like when you can't breathe, you're like, well, hopefully I wake up tomorrow because I but I think my breath is able to regulate itself more. I don't I don't know. Or it slows. So anyway, I just, <laughs> I'm not going to take a bunch of sleeping pills and then hope for the best. Um so like, ten, like 15 years ago, I Googled all that and she was like, yeah, it's not like it, it, I don't it wasn't a medical condition. Right. And then it, it slowly became a medical condition. So now there's all these like drugs and shit for it. But like, I'm like, I feel like I can I don't know. I still feel like I can beat it. I, I, I don't think I can. 
the events that just took place. I'm really building this up. It wasn't that big of a deal. It was just wild. Okay. So, you know, when you like, I don't know how, you know, when you're not able to poop very well. And like, you know that there's more poop and it's like not a satisfying poop. Do you know what I mean? I don't. Okay. So you, you're like, Oh, I, I get a poop. And then it's like a little bit of diarrhea, but like, not a lot. oh my God, um, not a lot. Like it's, you know, it's just like, a, and it's not satisfying and you think you, and you wipe. And when you wipe, you look down at the toilet paper and there was a piece of poop sticking out of your butt. So you wiped the poop. So it's just like this smear of poop on the toilet paper and you usually get it right on your hand too. You know what I mean? Like it's like, a, it's like, it's so gross. I can't believe I'm telling you this. It's not like this happens to me a lot. I'm blushing. I'm literally blushing. It takes a lot to make me blush. But so like, you know, when there's like a little, but you don't know the turd still sticking out of your butt or you, so you go to wipe thinking it's just going to be like a regular wipe, right? And it's not. It's like a, just like a mound of poop in the thing. And then you're like, fuck, thank God I have wet wipes. I always have wet wipes. Mostly because remember that, that cokehead boyfriend I had years and years ago? Jimmy the Dragon? Uh, he, he, he needed the wet wipes cause he had some hard poops, you know, cause of the whole cocaine thing. I think cocaine fucks with your poops. I'm not really sure. But, uh, he used to tell me that one of the reasons he loved me is because I had wet wipes all the time. Now I had wet wipes all the time. Cause you know, when you're banging someone and you're like, when you're banging someone, but you know, when you're like, eh, you're like eh, it gets a little, you know, if you're hiking for the day or whatever, and then you're about to go have sex, you want to, you know, just quickly. So I always had wet wipes for that. But then that guy was like. My poops are rough, man. Thanks for that. I really can't believe I dated that guy as long as I did. Um, so yeah, so like a little, so I thank God for wet wipes, but then I'm trying to like clean myself off and then I'm like, fuck, then I start laughing and I'm like, fuck, it's literally like a diaper with a baby. And then my, there's a mirror right there. So I like, I feel like there's poop all over my butt now. Right. Like, I feel like I smeared it. I can't believe I'm opening. Like we're not even 15 minutes in. I, like I, I feel like I smeared it. So I look and my butt is covered in poop. And then I look at the toilet seat and there's chunks of poop all over the toilet seat. No one is ever going to want to poop in my, I'm telling you though, when you poop at my house, it is pristine. There's so like, my toilet is always clean. Oh yeah. I got way too into that. Now I'm, it's going to, I'm probably going to spend the next 40 minutes trying to breathe regularly. Um, so you know when you, yeah, so I got matches, I got magazines, it's always clean. There's wet wipes, like it's fine, but man, that was a wild experience. I washed my hands too. Don't worry. And flushed a couple of times. Everything's fine now, but like, and I don't even feel like I'm done pooping. I did just order psyllium husk. I was told to try that years ago when, when IBS was just like a fad. I don't remember what it was, but the doctor basically was just like, oh, that's what like girls make up so they can take laxatives. Like she literally just laughed me out of the office. How she also was, she was, she was, um, this deadpan lady who just like deadpan stare at me, whatever. But, uh, I was trying to explain to her my pooping stuff. And she was like, do you drink coffee? And I was like, yeah. She's like, you need to stop drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes and drinking. I don't know. I was like 24. I was like, I'm not going to stop doing any of that stuff. And you know what? I will tell you, I quit smoking four years ago and my poops haven't changed. Uh, I quit coffee for like three months while I wasn't smoking and while I wasn't drinking and my poops haven't changed. So that woman... I, I couldn't pick her out of a lineup, to be honest with you. But that's your poop scoop. <laughs> it just happened. And, you know, truthfully, I want it like I, I'm trying to like record these right now while I'm recovering. 
like when I feel okay. You know what I mean? Like I usually, before I got COVID, I would do it every Wednesday morning and just kind of, you know, see where the wind took me. Um, I don't know what that means, but I would, I would, yeah. And so now I'm just trying to do it whenever I get like a second wind and I, and, and it's now Tuesday night at like 9 PM. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to probably have to just go to bed and hopefully I feel okay in the morning. And, uh, and then I took that wild poop and you know what? It really perked me up because I couldn't stop laughing. And then I was like, I immediately need to record. Uh, so that's your poop scoop. Wish me luck. I want to try the psyllium husk. Um, oh man, you're probably wondering why I didn't just shower afterwards. That, that just dawned on me. I'm like, you probably could have just hopped in the shower. I might do that afterwards. I did get poop everywhere everywhere like a child like a child one time I was watching uh, he's a he's a little boy I I was like one time I was watching my best friend Wixom uh my best friend's kid was two or three I always call him my best friend uh and I was watching him and it was afternoon and we're watching a movie and uh this is just reminded me of that and we're watching a movie and it's after like we played all day and then he had lunch and then we were like it was about to be nap time so we read a book and then we started watching a, a, a movie And then he just like, oh, I got to breathe. Oh, man, guys, my lungs can't get enough oxygen. It's like I can't take a deep breath. Like my body, like, you know, when you yawn and you can't, I'm going to try and explain this. I don't know how. Um, When you yawn. Oh, yeah, I was going to keep updating you on that. All right. Well, we'll get that. Um, When you yawn, it's like, you know, your body makes you yawn. And then and then sometimes if you're not breathing right, you yawn. Do you know what I mean? To regulate your breathing, your body just does it. My body is opening my mouth and trying to yawn for several like seconds. Like, I mean, like 30, 40 seconds. And um, I don't know. It's been really it's been a rough couple of days. Um, but uh, so I uh, <laughs> I got really grim and then I'm going to go back to the Wixom story and then I'll continue updating you on COVID. We're all keeping up. Right. Uh, so. We're watching the movie and normally it's kind of a to-do to get him to go to bed. Not like a massive to-do, like he's not like a pain in the ass or anything, but it's not like simple. Like you got to like be like, all right, buddy. And then at least for me, I'm like, oh God. And then you hear him in there wanting to come out and you're just like, I want you to come out too. But your parents will be really upset at me if you didn't take a nap because you'll be a real asshole later tonight. So like, I'm like, you got a nap. But so this one time we're like watching the movie and then he just looks at me and smiles and gets up. And I was like, what's going on? And he's like... I want to go to bed. And I'm just like, oh, all right. So I take him to bed and, you know, he jumps in my arms and I put him in the crib and then I like, you know, tuck him in and I'm like, I love you. And he's like, I love you and whatever. And I go and I shut the door and then I'm, I wait till his parents get home and it's, you know, he's quiet. It's really quiet. There's no, I just assume he's asleep. Right. Then Katie comes home and it's like, hi, thanks. Blah, blah, blah. Love you. Love you. And then I leave. And then she calls me later and she goes, I know why I was so quiet. I went into the bedroom and he had pooped his pants and put his hands in there and was just rubbing it all over the crib. So that's what I think just happened to me in the other room, the other room, the bathroom. I was in the bathroom while this happened. Uh, it did. And I wasn't playing with it and putting on, Never mind, bad example, bad, bad comparison. I was, I didn't do any of those things, but that's that kind of poop reminds me of that. It was so gross. I'm for sure going to shower after this. Am I though? I had the baby wipes. I'm kind of wiped out. Get it wiped out. Um, Oh, I got the deep breath. Yeah. So the COVID update, you know, so on Christmas, Christmas Eve, I think I overdid it. I did laundry and um, I did laundry and dishes. 
And uh, Christmas Eve night, my breathing was just I was so bad, right? Like I was like in tears, like not, I had no idea what I'm going to do. Because at this point, I've been to the ER twice. It's gotten worse. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Because like when I go there, they're basically like, that's just COVID. Good luck. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not, I, I'm just going to fight through it, right? And so Christmas Day, I decided, this is, I'm, I'm struggling Christmas Day because I had a few, uh, several people that I talked to on the phone, like, they're like, you look great. Like, I don't even think, like, you didn't, like, I thought you were going to look bad and you look great. Like, you must be feeling better. And it's, it's, I know a lot of people who have, uh, like, autoimmune disorders where they struggle with that. And I, 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 I now understand, like, a snippet of it because I got up and I put on makeup and I, tried to look presentable because it's a holiday and I'll talk, I'll talk about Christmas for me in a little bit after I'm done with this, but I, I try to make Christmas nice now for my adult self. Right. And so I, I just didn't want to spend a day just looking, you know, I look like, I don't look great. Like my, my skin is red and or bright white. Like there's, you know, like I have like splotchy rashes. Like I don't, I'm sick. Right. And so it just was like, I, I'm going to be Zooming with people. I just want to look pretty for a day, right? So I shower, I, I put on my makeup, I put on my hair. It takes me so long to do. <laughs> um, and then I set up the lighting so I look good. And then now people are like, oh, but you look great. So you must be feeling great. And it's just like, I don't know. It just really irked me. It's maddening. And I understand because like I know people with autoimmune disorders and they're like diseases and they're like, you can't see it, so you automatically think I'm okay when I'm really not. So it's just, I, I don't know, just just like food for thought out there. If someone tells you they don't feel well and you're like, that, you look fine, like, don't do that. I, I don't even know. Just fuck off. Don't do that. Because, like, uh, I don't feel great, and I looked very pretty on Christmas. But I, I paid for it. Um, around 5 o'clock, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to lay down. And I laid down. And then I couldn't breathe. And the last two days have been, it got better today because I literally haven't moved for 48 hours. I have to like, to go to the, the pooping incident, to shower and to eat. Like li literally going to the kitchen, getting water and food and going to the bathroom. Other than that, I have not moved. And my breathing is starting to finally be not like where I'm in tears, right? Or like praying that hopefully I wake up in the morning because maybe if I go to sleep, I'll like, because like I'll like can't breathe. Like I'll be sitting there for a minute and then I'm like, <gasps> like it's, it's, I don't know. It's the, it's wild. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, that's one thing that's just like, it, it was said a few times on Christmas and I, I know I'm, I'm triggered by my family quite a bit. Um, I'm triggered by them because they, uh, I love them, but, um, I don't even know if I want to get into it here. I don't know if I want to, I mean, I get into it all the time all, with you guys. I'm very open about all of that. But I mean, I, I, I think my, my one cousin said something like kind of not shitty, but like just yeah, like they just, I think my family shows love by being mean to each other. And I don't understand that. Like, and so I know like when they like make fun of me or like kind of shitting on me or saying something shitty, like, it's just like, that's their way of saying they love me. And that's a really hard pill to swallow because I don't have people like that in my life anymore, like at all. Like, and, and so like when it's family and you understand where it's coming from and you also understand it's generation, generational dysfunction, right? Like, it's just like a cycle. Like, you know that it has, it's not personal. It has nothing to do with you, but it's so triggering for me. And so 
It, yeah, I think I think it really it was just like, well, you look pretty. Like, oh, you, and it's just like, yeah, maybe I look pretty, but that doesn't mean that I don't feel like I can't breathe. And I don't know, just a just a different perspective. If you're one of those people that sees someone and it's like, she doesn't look sick. Well, cool. <laughs> I'm glad that you don't think I'm sick. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Um, you know what I mean? Oh, I just yelled in here. I don't know if this, I wonder how the sound is today. I'm still using my new glorious microphone that I love so much. Uh, hopefully it sounds good in my earphones, um, but I am not in the confined space of my closet. Don't worry. I'll be back there next week. I want to paint it, but I can't do anything right now. I literally can't do anything. Actually, the good news is, um, while like I've, so I've been in bed for, almost eight weeks, right? Seven weeks. Um, I've been in bed seven weeks, six weeks, six weeks. I don't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> does it, does it, you can do the math if you want. Um, but I've been in bed for weeks, right? And up until, uh, oh, hold on. <coughs> <coughs> the cough is starting up until, uh, uh, last week I I, I started to feel better. You know what I, like, so being, before when I was being in bed, I couldn't do anything. Like I couldn't watch any new shows really or any, I couldn't watch anything that like was, took a whole lot of like thought. I was rewatching most things. Oh God, my kitten is starting again. She just starts meowing at a certain hour and it makes me want to throw my head through the window, but she's so cute. Um, she's a lunatic. Uh, so, um, she, uh, what am I saying? And she's going to really go at it and it's going to drive me crazy. Like she'll just do it for like two hours. Just, can you hear it? Maybe you can't. Um, but so like this last week, like this, like I feel better. I don't want to, I know it sounds crazy. Cause I'm like, I feel better, but I can't breathe and my head hurts all the time. That's goes to show you how I felt before. Do you know what I mean? Like I felt so bad before that like it's an improvement that I only can't breathe and my head hurts all the time. Right. So like, but the, so I'm doing nothing but laying down and I'm watching, I'm putting on old movies that I have practically memorized twilight and, uh, God, I love twilight so much. Like if there was 10 movies I could bring to an Island, it would be the five twilights. Oh, is it five twilights? No, the four twilights. Oh my God, is it five? That's a little aggressive. Did I watch five movies yesterday? Hmm. Well, I've been in bed all day. I don't know. I think it's four. Is it four or five? Well, this is going to be something I'm going to have. Yeah, it's five. Oh man. Okay. I had it all worked out. If I was only allowed to bring five movies to an island, it was going to be Twilight and The Equalizer. I feel like the Breaking Dawn can be one movie. It's like part one and part two. I feel like you can negotiate that with whoever was sending to you to this island. Right? I don't know. What am I even talking about? So I, um, I, I, uh, so I finally like am able to like, I feel better, good enough. Anyway, I've just been laying down and I got my whole website done. <sighs> got it got my breath breath sorry about that I'm gonna stop apologizing um that I I uh they used to call me Kim I'm sorry crawl in high school how sad is that now I don't apologize as much as I used to like I used to like it was a massive you know people who have people pleaser problems apologize all the time um but I for some reason I'm doing it a lot for the well I feel like there's big gaps of you know like I don't want you to think you lost connection I'm just you know deep breathing because my body (laughs) is broken um 
So, uh, uh, so I finally got my, I got my website all done. I, uh, so check that out. I'm really proud of it. It's KYMKRAL.com. And I also have my YouTube channel up. I'm trying to get a hundred subscribers. I only have 87, which isn't that bad. Cause I just started yesterday, but like, I, I think I'm like 20, 20 yesterday. I don't, I don't know, but now I have 87, but if I get a hundred then I can have more control and customize it. And so I'm going to be throwing crawl space up there too. And I think starting the beginning of the year, fingers crossed this whole thing. I just, I keep being like, hopefully this whole thing just wraps itself up next week. I've been saying that for two months, two months. I've been like, hopefully this. So now I'm just going to surrender, dude. I'm just sick. I don't feel good. Just be grateful that unemployment shit is coming through. I have no job to go to. Like I don't have anything to do except for to lay down. It's just not in my nature to just do nothing. And it's been a really tough lesson. And also it's been a tough lesson to listen to my body and not care and also not care when people say things like, well, you look good. So you must not, you know, like, and I don't even think they mean it in the way of like, you're not actually sick. That's my old shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's my old, like, I've talked to you about how, um, I wasn't allowed to really be sick growing up. Like it was just like, it wasn't ever believed. I remember like my dad told me this one time. I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but this is the household I was raised in and why I'm having such a hard time just like listening to my body and even believing myself, right? Like this morning I woke up and it was really hard to get, like it was just, I just felt, I just felt achy and like I had the flu, right? And, um, which I guess essentially it's still, you know, it sort of is, but, but I like my cousin, my cousin was like eight. No, I was eight. So she must've been five. She was like five and she fell off her bunk bed and they took her to the ER because she wasn't breathing for like a minute or something like that. Right. And my dad said, you know, to me at eight years old, uh, like I was like, Oh, they, she went to the hospital. And my dad was like, yeah, she was only not breathing for like a minute. They baby her. Don't you think? And like, I was like, yeah, what a baby. <laughs> and now that I'm older and I like, I can't even fathom looking at like Wixom, the kid I, I, you know, my, my best, my best friend, my favorite little person. I can't imagine if that kid didn't breathe for 10 seconds, I would, I would, I would shoot a bunch of people just to get them to the hospital. Why do I always take it to violence? Why is it always about murder? I don't know, but like, I can't imagine, but that was the household I was raised in. That was just like, what a baby. <laughs> and like, I mean, like I broke my thumb. I think I told you guys this. I broke my thumb in eighth grade our seventh grade. It was, so it was the first, like it, junior high was just seventh and eighth grade. And I was, it was like, I was kind of cool in sixth grade. And then when I got to seventh grade, it was like one of those things where it was like, you're kind like you're, it could go either way. You know what I mean? Like if you go to seventh grade and you're on the, 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 you know, the line, you should start smoking cigarettes and drinking wine coolers with the cool kids. Or you can go the other way and play dolls in your backpack with Aspen like I did. So I didn't have, I didn't go the cool, sorry, Aspen, if you ever, my best friend from high school, if she ever listens, she hates that I talk about this shit. And I'm like, she goes, at least you don't use my name, right? And I'm like, oh, well, that ship has sailed. Um, it's just such a good name, right? Uh, so, but yeah, we, uh, so before I made friends with Aspen, Oh gosh. Um, before I made friends with Aspen, it was the third day of seventh grade and I was hanging out with the cool kids and we were all going to walk to the bus together. Do you guys hear my cat just wailing? My other cat is just like, can you stop this? I am sleeping. Or maybe he's looking at me like, why are you yelling in our living room? 
I actually picture him saying, why are you yelling in my living room? You know, because I think he thinks he owns this place. He sort of does. Uh, So, uh oh. (coughs) I think things are starting to break up, which is pretty exciting. Uh, I think that'll really help my chest if I if I can just get it, you know, get some coughing. That's so gross. But I really think that's one of the issues. I haven't coughed at all. And all of the snot has happened. All of the snot. So gross. Sorry. Uh, so we were, you know, we all met at like this kid's house. I can't remember any of their names. I just remember Holly. Holly was my best friend. She was the one who... Uh, uh, like eight episodes ago, I told you about that uh, used to have the uh, slumber parties where we all would uh, make out with each other. And then when I didn't want to, she announced that I didn't want to. And she just do not resuscitate. If you didn't, if you haven't heard it, you're going to have to listen to old episodes because it's too long of a story. And it's amazing if you want to hear it. But um, so uh, so I met Holly at her house and then we went over to like two eighth graders houses and then we all went into another eighth graders house and then just like sat in the backyard and like hung out. I always think about that too. Cause like, didn't school start at like 8am? Like what time did we get to each other's houses? Like six, like wild, right? If you had me up and ready and showered and like ready to go learn at 6am right now, you'd have to be paying me a lot of money. So um, so we're, we're in the backyard and then it's like, oh, well, instead of going around in front of the house and walking through the like pathway, which was maybe another two minutes, we should just hop the fence. Now I am a gangly, awkward, tall person. And I was a really gangly, awkward, tall person then. I wasn't really that tall yet, but I was real gangly and, you know, just gangly and awkward. And, uh, Oh man, you guys, I think I'm gonna have to poop again. Please don't let it be a disaster like it was 30 minutes ago. It feels like it's going to be. What is this? What is happening? Um, Sorry. Uh, So they're like, well, we're just gonna hop the fence. And everyone hops the fence and then I go to hop the fence and I like, I break, I break my thumb. Like I fall, break my thumb. Um, it's literally like now it even you can tell that my thumbs are different sizes. Right. And I can still pop it out. So I, uh, but I was with all the cool kids. So I didn't want to like, like cry. So I was just like, Oh, that's just a sprain. It's cool. We'll go to school. And I'm walking and all day and I'm so scared and all day. I'm just like, okay, as soon as I get home to my dad, I'll just tell him and then we'll go to the hospital and then we'll fix my thumb. Right. All day. It's also like third day of like junior high. You didn't want to like, I was terrified of everybody, right? Just terrified. God, junior high was a mess. I had a lot of fun though. I was real nerdy. So I didn't really care what um, most people thought of me. I mean, hence why we used to play dolls in our backpacks. Uh, well, we used to be like over our heads in our coats. I think I told you that guys that one, when we were in eighth grade, we brought our dolls to school and we were sitting in the back of the bus, Aspen and I, and we we're under our coats playing dolls. And one of the seventh graders goes, Ew, Kim and Aspen are making out. And then everyone turns and looks at Kim and Aspen and we look up from the coats and we were like, yeah, that's what we're doing under here. Make it out. Definitely that, not playing with dolls. And then we went back under our coats. <laughs> but like, so, but at that point I hadn't met Aspen yet, right? <clears throat> I mean, I hadn't met Aspen. She, we went to elementary school together, but she, we both thought each other were, were weird. Um, we were both very right. So I all day spent like, just, just, I just remember babying my thumb all day and just being so scared anyone was going to like hit it in the hallway. So I get home and I go to my dad and I was like, dad, I broke my thumb this morning. And I, and he was like, no, you didn't. I was like, yeah, I, I did look at the, look at it. Like it literally like the bottom half was like on the other side of my, like it was like, it was clearly broken. Right. And I was like, yeah, I did. And he like didn't even look up from his scotch or TV and just told me to go do my homework. And so like I, it's such a sad story, but like I had 
I like I, I just healed. I mean, I like I can't hold a book for too long without it hurting and it can pop out of its socket now. <laughs> and like, but I mean, that's a sad story for sure. But it's also very telling as to why I'm struggling so hard in these two, these eight weeks is that like, I don't, I don't get sick. And when I do, I just kind of will myself away from it. Right. Like I just, or, or till it gets bad enough to where, you know, I mean, I'm learning now in my recovery and in my like, you know, work with myself and, um, to listen to my body and not, I mean, there, I mean, I almost went blind once, uh, because I was like, nah, it'll be fine. Right. Like I just, I mean, so many things, my cat is just meowing. It's driving me crazy. I would really prefer, prefer her to just climb into bed with Henry and just cuddle it up. Oh good. It looks like she's going to do that. Do you want to hear a play by play of my cats? You probably don't want to hear that. Do you? Uh, so like it is, it is, but, um, so a friend of mine re, who, who works as an ER nurse and uh, with mostly COVID patients, I think that's all you work with now when you're a nurse in a fucking ER. It's just, it's, it's bananas. Los Angeles is, I mean, we just got another stay at home order. I think, I, I don't know how long it is. I can't find any information on how long this thing lasts, how long we're supposed to be indoors. I'm assuming another month, but um, so my, my, my friend messaged me yesterday and was asking me questions about my breathing and, and it was so nice, like so nice because, uh, she actually cared, you know, what? like when I've been to the ERs the last two times, it's, and I get it, like it's overrun and I understand that it's probably like, you don't look like you're going to die. You can go home, right? Just suck it up, rest like everybody else. But like when you, I, I also, as a result of growing up the way I did, I do tend to look better than I feel because that was how you survived my situation. You know, like, and so that, I mean, that's probably why I put on makeup on Christmas because I was going to be seeing a lot of people and it, and it was just like, you know, better make sure that like it's, it's, well, I'm just, it's just dawning on me right now that it's, that I'd rather them think I was okay or not true vulnerability or like, not be, you know, God, not be not perfect because God forbid I'm not perfect for a little bit. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's probably where. But so I, as a result of my upbringing, I do tend to look like I'm fine when I'm not fine. Like when I broke my arm, uh, my bone doctor was just like, oh, orthopediologist. No, that's feet. You know what I mean? She's a bone doctor. I'm sure one of you is going to message me and let me know what a bone doctor is called. Thank you. A bone doctor bone. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm a child. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, my, the, when I first went in there, she was just like, oh, I'll just put a, I'll just put a, um, uh, brace on it instead of a cast. Cause you seem fine. And I was like, okay. And then I was, I was supposed to go back for a checkup like two weeks later. And it was so painful in those two weeks. Like my arm hurts so bad. And I went to her and I was just like, it's like, it hurts really bad. And she goes, Oh, we'll just put a cast on it then. So we put a cast on her and I was like, Oh my God, this is night and day. And she goes, honestly, you just seemed fine. So, and that is the struggle I have with doctors is that I just seem fine. And I don't ever want to be like, I'm not okay. You need to help me. I never want to be that person or like, you know, just like, or the dramatic person on the zoom that just looks really sick. I just don't want to be that person. So I put this, but it's kind of fucked me a lot doctor situations because people are like, Oh, she's fine. So like, I don't wear a cast for two weeks because my doctor was like, you seemed fine. And putting on that cast was night and day. So I ask you like, what are we supposed to do? Be fucking babies in order to get real help. Like I'm, you know, I mean, there's probably a happy medium in there. I'm learning that. 
I'm learning to live in the gray. Yeah, I'm learning to live in the gray. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. There's a couple of, whoo, and the breathing is starting. It's kind of nice. Um, uh, I mean, I just took a deep breath. It's really nice when your lungs fill up, fill up. And we'll never take that shit for granted again. So my friend asked me a bunch of questions and she was like, okay, is there a way? Because she basically was just like, oh yeah, the ERs overrun. Is there a way you can get like a tele-doc appointment? And I saw something on my insurance website that was like, oh yeah, you can do a teledoc appointment and we cover it. You can talk to a doctor to see if you should go to the ER, what's going on. So I, I made an appointment for today. I almost canceled because I was starting to feel better, but just because I hadn't moved for 48 hours. Now my chest and my head are still hurting pretty bad. So I was like, it's insurance covers it. What's it going to hurt? So this guy comes on and he was so wonderful it's the first time I have talked to a doctor like face to face. I've had, I have a lot of friends that have reached out that are in the medical field and I appreciate you guys so fucking much. Um, who've reached out and given me advice or prescribe, you know, help me with prescriptions, all that stuff. Like I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, but the first time I've talked to a doctor face to face that I didn't know who actually listened to me, the whole situation, including the prescribes me prescribed meds took one hour. Like, he didn't like the last doc, and he 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 told me that I shouldn't be taking Sudafed. Like that's what the the ER told me I should be taking. He was like, "Yeah, you shouldn't be taking Sudafed. Your heart rate is really high. Uh, that makes it higher because I guess it's literal. I mean, that th they literally make meth out of it." I just told him I was like, "I stopped taking it yesterday just because it said don't do it more than five days, and I haven't seen any improvements." And he goes, "Yeah, don't take that." Um, and he, and he was just like, yeah, we're just going to need to put you on another round of antibiotics and steroids like that. This, he's like, this virus is a nightmare and it's, it's going to take you a while. He's like, just keep resting, keep doing what you're doing. And I'm also going to throw a cough suppressant in there because that's probably going to start up soon. So like, and he was just like, yeah, just rest a lot of fluids up your vitamin C. Oh, so I felt so. And then, I, and it was literally 12 minutes. It was, and he listened to every, and he was like, let's, I have an oximeter. He was like, let's look at that. We looked at the numbers. I told them what, where they have been. He goes, cool. If they go here or here, you need to go immediately. They're, you know, if they go lower than they are now, like they're kind of low, but they're not like ER low. I don't know. It was just really nice. It was nice to finally be heard. Um, <clears throat> so Christmas was the other day. Uh, Christmas is a, a, difficult holiday for me. Holidays aren't not, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm trying to figure out. I know, I know holidays are really hard for a lot of people, especially this year. This year's a full blown nightmare. You know what I mean? A lot of people are alone. It's so funny. People are like, I don't want to spend Christmas alone. Well, if you grew up with the parents, I grew up, you spent, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of adult Christmases alone just because going home is, was not, an option. And when it was, it was, um, not fun. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Chris, uh, I remember like Christmas, Christmas was always rough for me growing up. Um, I wanted to talk about this, but it's just so, it just seems, I don't know. Maybe I'm not in my closet. Maybe this is, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, it, it's, it's a bummer and, and yeah, it's a really big bummer. I remember the first the first Christmas I have like a vivid memory of, I'm going to say like a year prior, I, that's when I found out my mom was an alcoholic and I found out that, you know, she was a bad alcoholic. And, uh, 
and that she was trying to not drink and drink. And my dad always kind of villainized it instead of looking at it from like a disease perspective or that she was sick and like was trying to get help. It was always like your mother was the worst thing that ever happened to to you, which is hilarious coming from creepy shower time guy. You know what I mean? Uh, Sorry. I don't know why. I don't know if, if anyone laughs at those when I make dad sexual abuse jokes, but maybe there's some of you out there who have experienced that and you know that sometimes you're just going to make a joke about naked time with your dad. Yuck. Um, but he always like villainized her and always, and I, so when I was in third grade, she was supposedly sober for a long time. Um, I, and, and truthfully now as an adult, who knows? I, um, I, I do know that third grade, what is that? Like eight, um, eight or nine, eight, I think it's eight. And there was, there was light, like, you know how they say like big moments in your life, there's life before that moment and life after that moment. You know what I mean? Like you're, you change. Um, I've had a lot of those moments in my life. Uh, but I've also had a lot of, you know, less, uh, scary experiences and sad experiences. So I had, I like, I was told once that you should only have a couple of those in your life. I'm like, I think I had a couple of those before I hit the age 12, but, um, you know, I had colorful parents who didn't colorful parents. That's the nicest way I can put it. But so, oh man, I'm having a hard time breathing, guys. I may, I'm not going to cut it short. I should maybe, but I might pause this. I'm going to pause. I'll be right back. Okay, I paused it and now I'm back. Um, yeah, I don't know how much longer I'll, I'm, <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm t- I know this is wild that I, I just, this makes me feel connected and makes me <clears throat> like the thing that like my comedy, it's like my drug that my comedy did you know what I, like I don't know it just I we don't perform live right now and like I love doing this podcast so like it's like the one thing that like when I couldn't do it for two weeks oh my god I'm having a rough time um <clears throat> when I, <laughs> you guys are like turn off the podcast <laughs> what the fuck uh <laughs> um I uh yeah it was it was awful and it's like once I got to get back to doing it I felt good again and so maybe this will take me a couple of hours to get up one hour because I'll have to keep pausing. This breathing, man, is rough. Fuck. Oh, my God. I can't imagine people who are having it, like, hard. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like mine's rough, but there are people that are hospitalized and die. You know, like, so I just can't imagine what that feels like. How lonely. Jesus. But, yeah, so there was this Christmas Eve, and it was it was the first, like, so my mom had so- supposedly had been sober for a long time. I haven't told a lot of people this story. I can't believe... Um, it's, uh, she was so sober for a long time and we spent Christmas Eve's typically with my godparents, which were my dad's, my dad's like best friend and his wife from like at school, like when he was a kid. Right. And, um, and so we would spend every Christmas Eve there and I guess my mom was going to pick me. I don't know. She took me there that night. And when she picked me up, I remember her being kind of weird and, um, she was drunk. She was really drunk. Right. And so, yeah, she drove me. I know that that's always, it's so funny with people who like, who had normal parents are like, your mom drove while she was that drunk in the car. I'm like, my mom did that all the time. Like it's surprising. She wasn't like high. I don't know. My mom, my mom was, my mom's a, a, like, yeah, all the time, like all the time. I actually watched her get arrested one time for a DUI while she drove me like 50 miles somewhere. Right. So she drove 50 miles, super fucked up. I was like 12 and then we got to her house and I got out and there was like a line of cops outside and I was like mom there's a bunch of cops outside and then she was like go get your stepdad 
so like, yeah, she drove me drunk that Christmas Eve, which was, you know, all that. So not that a lot. And so I, um, we go up to the house. She tells me to go ahead and go first. And I turn around and she's in the backseat and she's pounding a bottle. And I, I don't know, I'm eight. And it's just like, and you know, like at that point I had dealt with so much adult shit that like, I, I sometimes forget when I reminisce these stories that I was like a little kid, like a little kid. And like, I don't, it didn't feel like it. You know what I mean? Like for those of you who grew up in dysfunction and alcoholism, you know what I mean? Like it did. You were just not, your childhood was gone. Like it was like, you never got to be a kid. And when you did get to be a kid, you know, those rare moments that you were able to have fun and, and be carefree or whatever, there was always like a pit in your stomach waiting for some other crazy shit to drop. And like, you knew that for some reason it was like your responsibility to handle. That's a fucked up thing for it. Right. And so like, I don't know. I knocked on my godparents' door and my mom came up and she walked in and I'll never forget it. My, my, my godfather goes, Terry, what would you like to drink? And my mom was like, I'll have a beer. And like, you could, you could hear a pin drop. It got so quiet. Cause that bitch was like fucking, I don't know, sober for a long time. And then she proceeded to just get really, really hammered. And I have had to work in therapy and in 12 steps about how that shame of that night was not mine but I held on to it for all the way up until like last year as my shame. Like, like I felt like I was responsible for her being that drunk and her behavior. I was eight. I was eight. There's five other adults in the room, four other, three other adults, my dad. Yeah. Three. Sorry. I can't count three other adults in the room. And like, they just allowed it. It was just so humiliating. And she was sloppy drunk. At one point she climbed into my, my godfather's lap while it was just the three of us in the basement and just started like whispering and kissing his ear. And that, like the look he gave me was just like burned into my brain until, I mean, I can still see it right now. Like, and so we finished off Christmas. My dad took me back to his place. My mom went home, I guess. I don't know. Um, and then she was supposed to come over the next morning for for us to open Christmas presents from Santa and thus began like what every Christmas was as a kid dead silent while my like while you know while my mom has sunglasses on because she's hung over my dad's pissed off at her and I for some reason think that it's my responsibility and my job to make Christmas happy oh look at this look at that like I used to like try and get my parents a lot of presents because I thought that would make them happy and and it and I and it didn't. It, God, I wish I wish I could. I wish I could go back in time and just hug that little girl and just just. And it's so funny. Like after, like years later, like so we always afterwards we would go to my grandparents' house, right? And my dad and I were always the first two that got there, and then I have aunts and uncles, and my aunt Midge and Uncle Jerry, and my cousin Maggie and Bill. I talk about them a lot on the podcast. They're the ones in Portland. My cousin who I talk to every day, who's awesome. Um. They were always late, right? So the, st- the the next, the other aunts and uncles would come, you know, a couple, like on time at like two or whatever. So my dad and I would get there at like 11. They'd get there at like two. And then they would always make bets on how, how late Jerry's family would be. It was like, oh, how fucking late do you think they're going to be? And then everyone would give them shit. And it was just like this big joke. And they would like make fun of them. And, and then... And I never knew why they were like, they're probably just sleeping. Like they've just been sleeping all day. Right. Like just like my family's like my family's love language is just to shit on each other. And like, no wonder I talked, I used to talk to myself the way I did. Like that's, that's how we show love. Like that's how, you know, and, and so like they would just like shit on them. So about four years ago, 
uh, I think yeah, I was four years ago. It was the Christmas after my dad died. Uh, Maggie asked me if I wanted to go to Portland and spend Christmas with them, with her dad and mom and then her in-laws and her family and Bill. And I was, I was like, yeah. And I was so awkward and it was so, I was so scared because I hadn't really been around a lot of family and you know, the, like Maggie and her and, and Jerry and Bill and Midge never, um, never really chose sides when I, when I separate tied with ties with my dad, they still kept in touch with me and still wanted to see me. And I can't say that about all of my family. Um, I don't hold resentments, but I do, I do, I do have a special place in my heart for the family that did the Jerry's that were like, yeah, you're still part of the family. So they invited, and I was always really awkward around family and I didn't, you know, I didn't know, I still, I sometimes don't know my place, you know, like a lot of them, uh, I, I see that, you know, I can tell that they wish that my dad was there instead of me. It's never said, but like, I think, you know, a chunk of them don't really care for me. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Uh, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I still feel awkward and I still, and you know, when you go back to your, your family, you, we all have our roles and you still play your role. You know, um, my role was always the dumb, pretty one, you know, uh, I'm a ditz. <laughs> I'm not, I never have been, but you know, that, that was my role and, uh, which is important for the story in a little bit, but, and so I, you know, it was awkward around the family and I go back I go to Portland for the first time and it was fucking magical. Like, like the, and they included me in everything. Like it was, it was like the night before they had this tradition where the, everyone gets pajamas and, you know, I just assumed, you know, I'm like the kind of the outsider. So I just, you know, I, I was just like, Oh, I'm not really their kid. And, and so I wasn't expecting anything and they got me pajamas and they like, I, I can't, tell you how special that made me feel and then the morning we woke up and they had this big breakfast and then they passed out these like these these paper crowns and like harmonicas I think they were or like flutes or something I don't know and then we all sang Christmas songs while playing our notes and laughed so hard and then we didn't even get to opening presents until like noon right and I was like so I said to Maggie later I was like now I know why you guys were always so late like you guys were having fun like you guys actually enjoyed each other's company my Christmas usually spent in silence while my parents are instead of being adults acting like it's Christmas and having a good time. We're just like seething at each other while I, the child was like, Merry Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, you guys are having fun. It was the best Christmas I have ever had in my entire life. Like Christmases are always like, even as like when I would go back when I was still talking to my father and he, and I had made a boundary that I wasn't going to stay with him, you know, cause he sexually abused me and he has zero boundaries and also does a lot of really inappropriate stuff. I'm getting kind of mad right now while I talk about it just because like, yeah, the, I don't know. This is a lot of, inf a lot of information, a lot of emotions, but I, like one night we were at my godparents' house. I'm, you know, I'm like 23 years old and I was going to go stay at my mom's house instead of his house. My mom was sober and normal at that point. So like she had given me keys to her place. She wasn't in town and I was going to go stay at her place. And, uh, at my godparents' house, my dad, my dad, my father was like, I'm going to get you drunk and that way you can't drive. And then you have to come home with me. How fucked up is that? And like, I can laugh. I, I'm smiling a little now because it's over and it's gone. And, I, and I've worked through all the, the pain. But like, 
those were my Christmases. And that night I, you know, I didn't drink. I was like, no dad, I'm going to stay with mom. And then he was, and, but I'll have breakfast with you in the morning. This is actually, oh, I don't know. Are we going to go there? I don't even think we have a lot of time, whatever. We'll go over. Um, we'll go over. Uh, cause this is a, this is the last time my father ever fucked with me. Like ever, like, uh, I, like two years later, I, I cut him out of my life. So he never really had another shot too, but and I believe this was the last Christmas I ever went home, I think. And maybe it was a year later I stopped talking to him. I don't know. I, I cut him out of my life, waited until my grandma died because I loved my grandma a whole lot and she loved my dad a whole lot. So I thought that if I severed ties with him, that would, that would kill her, right? So I waited until she died and then I severed ties with him. But I think it was like a year later. I, this was definitely my last Christmas home. And uh, was it? I don't know. I think so. No, there was another one where we just went to a diner. This doesn't matter. Uh, but this is the last time that man ever like, like, like said shit to me. Right. So he was like, God, this is a real, I, I get so insecure talking about my childhood and like really vulnerable stuff. Cause I want it to be like funny, 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 but I don't, that, that's not just, that's not what this podcast is. You know, it is funny cause I'm funny. I mean, I told you I exploded all over my toilet an hour ago and my own ass. Jesus Christ. I have to shower. Don't I? Like I have to shower. I don't want to. It's just so hot and it's so hard to shower right now because the steam makes it even harder to breathe. But I guess if you blow out all over your body, yeah, I'll shower. I will shower. So, uh, yeah. So that, God, so, uh, he, we were, I was like, but I'll have breakfast with you in the morning. And he lived in this one bedroom apartment at the time in Denver. And, uh, and he was like, all right, fine. Well then we're having breakfast at 6am. Cause he's a fucking lunatic and it's controlling, right? Like, it's like, well, if you don't come home with me tonight, then I'm going to make it unreasonable for you to get here in the morning. My mom lived like 40 minutes outside of Denver, but I was trying not to rock the boat. And I was like, Okay, I'll be there at 6. Now, I got there at 6.30. That's bananas. We are an hour, like, that. that's 5.30 Los Angeles time, right? Which means I had to get up at, like, 4 to fucking get ready and get there. So I call him at 6.20, and he answers, and he's like... I, I, I always get insecure also because I know a lot of people listen to this that loved my dad a lot. Sorry, guys. Um, you know, he has good qualities. I don't know. Uh, but he, he, uh, he answers... And he's like, hello. And I'm like, Merry Christmas, Dad. Uh, I'm, I'm running a little late, but I should be there in like 10 minutes. And he was like, it's 6.20. You're supposed to be here at 6. And hung up on me. Fucking Christmas morning, guys. Fucking Christmas morning. Uh, there's a point to all this sadness, by the way. There will be a good come around. I, this, this episode may be longer than an hour. Not that much longer. Uh, who cares? You know what I mean? So um, I don't know why I'm insecure all of a sudden. So... Uh, so I, I was just like, okay, fucking Christmas morning. So I, I go, I get over to his apartment and there's no Christmas decorations up. There's no Christmas tree. There's nothing. Right. And there's two breakfasts on the table and they're there. It's like, it's like the equivalent of like a housewife get it like with the cold dinner waiting for the husband to get home. Who's late. Right. So there's like cold breakfast sitting on the, the table. That's clearly been there since exactly 6am. Right. So I, I'm like, morning, Merry Christmas. And he's like, you ready to eat? And I'm like, okay. So we go sit down and his, his table, his plate, God, this, this memory is so painful 
God, this memory is so painful. I usually tell it and I feel really like justified because I flip out in a minute. Uh, spoiler alert. But like, God, I just took a took an inventory on how I'm feeling. And like this memory is so painful. My father treated me like this a lot. Um, he was a he was he was a mean person. And it's hard because a lot of people really loved him. But he was really mean. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I, I, I go and sit down. And he sits at his place and then I sit at the other place. And he picks up his utensils and I look down and I don't have any utensils. So I, I go to stand up and he goes, where do you think you're going? And I was like, I was just going to get a fork. And he threw his fork at me. He's like, take mine. And then went and got a fork and then we just sat there and ate in silence at like seven in the morning on Christmas, right? And and then he's doing this like, <clears throat> you know, like weird pouting, whatever. And then he goes, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just don't know what to do anymore. And I just fucking lost it. I don't, I have never, I mean, one time I told, one time he stood up and tried to hit me and I looked him in the eye and I was like, hit me. I dare you. And then he screamed, get out of the house. But that is like the most I've ever really stood up to my, to him. Right. And this time I just fucking lost it. I was just like, you know what, man, I don't need to do this anymore. I'm so fucking tired of this. I'm like, every year I come home, I try to make a nice effort. I get you presents. I do this whole thing. Every year you tell me I ruined Christmas. He's like, oh, I've never said you ruined Christmas. I'm like, every year you tell me I ruined Christmas. I'm like, last year, he's like, last year, I didn't say that. And I'm like, you said I ruined Christmas because of X, Y, and Z. And he goes, yeah, you did ruin Christmas. And this year, you ruined Christmas too. That's why I didn't decorate. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm done. I was like, you, uh, there's your Christmas presents over there. I don't want mine. I think I called him Jesus at one point. I told him to go outside and hang himself on the cross. You fucking martyr. I lost it. I don't think I've ever screamed at somebody like this in my entire life. And, and he was, he just like stared at me stunned. And I was like, you know, what, dude, I'm good. I'll be over at grandma's. I'm not going to talk about this the rest of the day. If you're going to show up and be normal, you can come. If not, I'm going to leave. I can't do this anymore. And then I started to walk out and then he was like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. And then apologized profusely. We opened our presents once again in silence. And then we went over to grandma's house and he never fucking crossed me again. I don't think I've ever been that angry. I mean, years of Christmases. Like sometimes I would go home and we'd have breakfast and then I would be like, I'm going to stop over at so-and-so's to exchange presents. Really, I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. So I would just pull over on my car on the side of the road and just take a nap in my car in the middle of Christmas day. So like... It sounds really sad. It's for sure sad. And, uh, and you know, I mean, it's fine. He died. So no one feel bad for me anymore. He died. Just kidding. That's, that's a rough dead dad joke. So if you, I mean, a lot of people are like, whoa, that's a little whatever. But like, truthfully, like, I, it, my dad's death was such a confusing thing. And I still am like working through it because I'm sad that he's gone, but I'm also happy, not happy. He's gone. I just feel safer in the world without him here. There was a lot of times that he would call and just be like, and when we hadn't spoken in years, he'd, he'd call me out of nowhere and be like, I'm driving to Los Angeles right now. And you're going to talk to me. There were years where I was like terrified of going to work because I've always had a really public job, public, you know, it's very easy to find where I'm at and years I was terrified. Right. And so it's, I mean, like, it, it's something I've mourned. It's something, there was a lot of great qualities. There was a lot of really bad stuff. in Christmas, holidays were so hard. And then once I cut them out, holidays were very lonely. And 
I don't know. I've I've now real. I've now done a lot of work. Obviously, that's what we we talk about, and I now celebrate Christmas for me and I for my like inner kid. Right, like. I get myself a couple of presents. I got myself pajamas for Christmas Eve this year because I couldn't go to Portland. Um, I will be spending Christmas with those people for as long as they'll have me. It's always so much fun. It's always amazing. Um, I just put my whole mouth in the microphone on accident. Um, But yeah, it's just like you get to make your own traditions now. Um, I keep getting distracted because I, I'm going over and my template has the old, has the outro music. So every, like, f- I keep moving it for like 10 minutes and then it like every now and then I just hear crawl space, crawl space. I'm kidding. It scares me. And then I like get out of my story. So I'm so sorry. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I don't have to live in the shit anymore. And like, yeah, that stuff is hard. And like, I, I'm still working through a lot of the pain. A lot of those memories are really painful and really fucked up, man. So fucked up. I'm going to get you drunk so you can't drive home and you have to come home with me. That's what like rapey fuckboys say to women at bars, not your father on Christmas Eve. Um, that's a great line. Uh, I don't know what, I can't be the title of this episode, but it's really funny. But now I, yeah, I decorate my Christmas tree and, and I didn't for a long time. I didn't for a long time because Christmas was painful. Christmas was really painful. And now I love it. I have Christmas lights up. I have stockings. I have two Christmas trees. They're, they're little, they came together. So it's like, I have one that's got all my like wild ornaments on it. And then I have another one that has like classy ornaments on it. But like, you get to have your own, I get myself, I get my little kid a present. I got, uh, I got all my nieces and nephews or my, my ages. I don't have any brother, you know, I don't have nieces and nephews, but I have, you know, best friends who have whatever they call me and Kim. I got them all, uh, they're like swirly straws that spell their name. And then I decided to get myself a swirly straw that spells my name. And uh, I'll take a picture of it at some point. Not right now. I look like I got hit by a truck, but, uh, yeah, like I, so I got my kids something. I got, I got myself a Von Miller jersey. I, I always like, yeah, like I, I just, I get to celebrate shit now. I don't have to live in like Christmas was rough. Christmas sucked when I grew up, was growing up. There was a lot of good stuff with my grandparents, but truthfully, like most of it was just kind of a rough memory, you know, like mom, my, my grandma died around Christmas and my mom's sister died on Christmas. I never met the lady. She died like way before I was young, but my mom liked to, you know, tear it up on Christmas. So it was always, it was always a really horrible day. And, uh, my mom liked to tear it up on Christmas. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so this Christmas was lovely. I probably overdid it with the Zooms, but I opened some presents and I got some, I, I, I gave presents to people that I love and I got presents from people that love me and I made myself this big breakfast and I'm a good cook now, 2020, for some reason I got that out of it. I got COVID, I'm a good cook and a podcast. And uh, the other Christmas present I'm going to give myself, I'm going to redo my closet and make my little studio um, really comfortable and fun. Um, so like, I, I don't know. I know holidays are really hard, but you, you, you don't have to live in that anymore. And that's me saying that more for myself or anybody that needs to hear it. It's holidays can be rough, especially if you lost a lot of people, you know, I mean, my dad was a monster, but the first year he died, it was really rough. It was tough not being, you know, knowing that he was, it, it's just, it's not, it's not black and white. 
and that that's what I'm one of the big things I'm learning this year is just like there's a whole gray area. It's just a whole gray area. And I don't know. I, I will talk about that more next week, I think, because there's I got I have a lot to say about I have a lot to say about the gray area. I have it written down, don't worry, but we're at an hour now and I I would like to lay on my stomach and try to deep breathe for next half hour and then knock myself out and pray I wake up in the morning. Jesus, don't worry. That is not suicidal. That's just I can't really breathe in late night. It gets real scary. Not going to lie. It gets real scary about not being able to breathe. But I did it. I did it. And it feels so good to do this. Um, the one I am one lucky broad. So um, why can't, well, I'm not going to talk about the gray because I wanted to talk about this one. I'm one lucky broad. So Okay, so I'm going to try and explain this. Um, so like I said, I'm my family role is that I am always, like I'm the dumb one, right? Like that's, I mean, no one usually outwardly calls me dumb. I hate that I have to say usually because they usually don't outwardly call me dumb, but they say stuff that is not, um, that is not, like one year we all went to a public library on Christmas to go look at books. and uh, And I love this woman very much and she does not, and it's not, it's hard because like I understand my part in it. Um, we go to the library and I, I picked up Trevor Noah's uh, autobiography and I was reading the back of it. And my aunt comes over and she goes, oh, honey, I, I, that children's section's over there. I think you might feel a little more comfortable over there. And my uncle was like, that's condescending. I mean, she at least could go to like the young adults. I'm like, I'm 35, guys. And I'm also one of the smartest people most people I know know, right? Most people I know are like, you're one of the smartest people I know. Uh, but my family is always, and but also as always, I've that's my role. And I also show up as that role because I abandon myself, right? I abandon myself to make others comfortable. And I abandon myself because that is what the chaos is more comfortable. That, that role is more comfortable than showing up as my true self, right? And my cousin got me a book this year that uh, it's called Hiding in Plain Sight. And it's about uh, the Trump administration and what he's doing to our democracy and the long-term long effects that it's going to have on our democracy. Now, on the surface, that looks like, oh, she got her a book, whatever. She's going to read the book, right? I cried so hard when I, when I looked at that because it was like a symbol that that I'm showing up as my true self and I'm not continuing the family role out of people pleasing, right? That I'm allowing who I am to show up now as opposed to the dits that's like, well, they'll love me if I'm dumb, right? Like that was what, but they love me when I'm me. And she's, it, it just, I don't know if that will register for anybody else, but like I am so, I am one lucky broad that I have done this work and I'm, I'm allowing who I am to finally show through. And, you know, anyone who doesn't like it, be damned. Um, I said that a lot better in my head uh, in an accent, but I my accents rarely come out the way they sound in my head. Um, but like, yeah, like I've, I, in my adult life, I have had a lot of toxic people I, I allow in, I work with, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, we should do a show together. You're super toxic and kind of mean to me and think I'm dumb and belittle me and sexualize me. I should totally do something with you. And like, I don't do that anymore. And I'm not abandoning myself anymore. I'm showing up. And, you know, that's, I'm showing up. I'm doing my Christmas traditions, even if it is all by myself. I'm sending out Christmas cards. It's just, 
don't know. 2020 Christmas was, you know, a little unconventional. I'm, I'm very sick and we're all alone in our homes or we're supposed to be. And, but it was lovely. And I'm one lucky broad that I'm, I'm showing up as myself and I'm, I'm showing up as who I am. And I got a Christmas present that reflected that. And I'm so grateful. Oh, we got through it. Yay. And it's a little longer than it normally is. Uh, I had a lot to say today. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, it's the last episode of the year. Yay. Guys, we did it. We did it. Uh, I hope everybody has a really happy new year, really safe new year. Um, yeah, man, thanks so much for listening to me this year. Thanks for, there's, there's a bunch of you that listen every week and that, and there's more that, are, that more people are tuning in and it's just, it just means so much to me. And I hope you guys have just a great, happy new year. I hope you had a happy holidays and, uh, I'll see you. I hate it when people say this, but I love it. I'll see you next year. Uh, yay. Okay. Um, like I said, I have a YouTube channel now. I don't know what the link is, but I think if you just Google Kim Crawl, uh, but Follow me on everything, K-Y-M-K-R-A-L. And I've got some fun new stuff I'm working on in the new year. Um, I think that's it. I hope you guys have a good night. Bye. Crawl space, crawl space, I'm